This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. You're joining us for a special episode in our 2023 ACCE Chamber of the Year finalist series. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has a trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now, and um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing, so I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, basically, you give them a membership list, and from there, they contact your members, and it's no high-pressure sales or anything, and it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish, and it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished, and I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters, and with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Jody Perry. Jody has led the Richland Area Chamber and Economic Development in Mansfield, Ohio since July 2014. In 2017, she also took over leadership for the Richland Community Development Group. In this combined role, she's responsible for leading the countywide economic, community, and workforce development efforts. Prior to this position, she led the Greece, New York, and Van Wert, Ohio Area Chambers of Commerce, and also served on the staff of the Ashland, Ohio Area Chamber of Commerce. Jody received her Bachelor's of Arts in Political Science and Religion from Ashland University in Ashland, Ohio. Jody earned her IOM designation in 2008. In 2018, she received her distinction as a CCE, the highest certification in the industry. Jody received the 2019 Athena Award for Richland County. The, important, the importance of business was instilled at her at a young age as she grew up in a family of entrepreneurs in Rochester, New York. Um, another interesting fact is Jody was a prior guest on the, on the Chamber Chat podcast back in episode 53 as she talked about community development projects. But Jody, I'm thrilled to have you back with us on Chamber Chat podcast. I'd love for you to say hello to all the Chamber champions that are listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little better. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brandon. I appreciate being back on and uh, great to chat with my fellow Chamber um, peers across the country. So, um, hmm, something interesting about myself. Well, I'm a proud dog mom to a, um, rambunctious, uh, adopted mutt named Elizabeth Bennett, Lizzie Bennett. I'm a big Pride and Prejudice fan. So 
Um, so she keeps me busy most days and I, I love being an aunt to several nieces and nephews as well. That's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about the Richland Area Chamber. You guys are obviously doing some great things to get noticed as a Chamber of the Year finalist. So tell us a little bit about the size of your chamber, staff, size, budget, scope of work, just to kind of give us an idea before we get into our discussion. Sure. So we represent Richland County, Ohio. Our largest city, as you uh, noted earlier, was is Mansfield, Ohio. That's uh, a lot of people would know us for that. Uh, fun fact, we were where the Shawshank Redemption uh, movie was filmed 25 plus years ago now. Love so that movie. Yeah. Yes. So the old prison uh, still brings in hundreds of thousands of people actually a year to see that. So just kind of fun here. Um, we have a little over a thousand members here. Uh, we're a staff of 11, nine full-time, two part-time. And our budget's um, about $1.2 million. And... Um, in my bio, you, you noted we are a combined entity. So we have the chamber, uh, we have a chamber foundation, a 501c3, as well as another 501c3, which does our economic development, workforce development, and community development. So the staff kind of serves across all those three areas. Awesome. Now that having two foundations, that'll that'll help keep you busy and, and <laughs> well funded sure. too, hopefully. So that's good. So on these Chamber of the Year finalist episodes, what I like to do is focus the majority of our time on the the two programs that were submitted on your Chamber of the Year application. And um, what I'd like to do is just have you tell us at a high level what those two programs are, and then we can circle back and go a little more in depth with each of them. Great. Well, the first one that we submitted was called Richland Works. And it was a program that was a fusion of communication efforts and workforce development. Um, we joined with our local job and family services office in that um, our local Area 10 Workforce Development Board. They actually funded this project, which was a unique um, we, we've done a lot with our government entities around workforce. So they've been uh, able to use some of the federal dollars coming in, which I think is important for other chambers to know. If you're if you're not working with them or not regularly reaching out, I would highly encourage that. Um, we've done that for for many years. In fact, they helped uh, fund our workforce development position too. But this project was called Richland Works. Um, the budget was just a little over a hundred thousand dollars, and we filmed thirty five about three minute uh, videos featuring local employers. They kind of went through all the types of employers that we have. Uh, we're a strong manufacturing community. So we did a lot of types of manufacturing, healthcare, nonprofit, arts and entertainment. Um, and the goal is really twofold, I would say. First was, to, you know, these were all businesses that were actively hiring. So in the short term, we wanted to help connect them through this digital marketing campaign to potential employees. And then secondly, and kind of the more long-term effect is to be able to use these in the schools, teaching students about the job opportunities that are locally happening. So in addition to filming the videos, we had a, a promoted social media campaign for each one. Um, they have really done huge numbers on our social media. They're all hosted also on our website so we can see the traffic that has been driven to that landing page. Um, we actually also just finished a community-wide brand here. So we were able to work the brand into the 
to this project as well. So it was kind of a really good fusion of all of those things. And, you know, just kind of early return. So we're um, still finishing up a couple of the last ones that are being promoted. All the videos are done, but um, you know, we've had employers say, yep, we've made, you know, direct hires off of this. When, when your videos were promoted, we could see the traffic on our sites increase. So we knew it was working and um, it's been good. The other thing that uh, was a part of this was a podcast that we called the Workforce Pulse. So we talked about workforce development and um, interviewed everyone from our lieutenant governor in the state of Ohio, who kind of heads up statewide workforce efforts to some of our more local partners and just really trying to help people put words to a, a word that we all use a lot, which is workforce development. But I think the average person doesn't really understand what that means. Yeah. Workforce development has such a wide scope. So for the, the lay person in the community to try to figure out what you're talking about might need a little bit more context, but I'd love that you guys do a podcast. Always a big fan when I hear <laughs> Chambers doing podcasts. So great job. Um, are you still doing the podcast or was that a series that you did for a, a limited time sort of a thing? So far it's been limited. Um, we did kind of two seasons of it. Um, and we have talked about continuing it and, and maybe using it to, uh, focus more on people that have moved here. So kind of talent attraction, um, a little bit more specifically, but we haven't moved ahead with that yet. So we're, we're still kind of kicking around. What do we do with it? But um, but yeah, it was successful and well-received. So yeah. we were, it kind of got our, our brains thinking around what we could do elsewise. Right. So I know I had asked for the two programs high level, but now I'm getting into the details on this. So we'll, we'll roll with that. And uh, you had mentioned that with these 35 three-minute videos that you're promoting them on social media, but you had also mentioned the, the increase in traffic to that landing page where you're hosting the videos. Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Because I know a lot of times social media is going to perform best if you upload the video directly, but how are you still driving people to your website on that front? Sure. So um, so we began, the the video started being filmed in early 2022. The social kind of uh, promotion side started in the middle of last year. Um, and we've you know, dripped obviously with 35 of them. We didn't want them all to hit at once because that would diminish the returns there. So we've been dripping them every week to two weeks um, since that point. So um, since uh, then to up to the time that we submitted the application early May, um, we had over 170,000 views combined on all those videos. So, you know, Facebook being the, the uh, by far the leader there, but we have linked this in with our own Google ad campaign, um, as well as YouTube and in the other channels that you would expect. Um, our website, which we uh, we did have a landing page created for that, that has had over 15,000 unique visitors over that time. So certainly a lot less than the views, but a lot more than our normal website hits. So uh, we can see, you know, on the backside with some of the analytics where those leads are coming from. Um, and the other thing that we did on that page was um, create a form that people can fill out. So, you know, if they're potentially looking to move here or they're um, looking for more assistance, you know, we have a way, a kind of a call to action for them to reach out to us um, so that we can help connect them in. Okay. So you dropped a, another great nugget in there about how you integrated your Google ads and, and those sort of things. So 
how are you retargeting and addressing these, you know, that you're, the, the traffic that you're getting in here, how are you taking advantage of that going forward? So Google has, so this is where I think having a 501c3 partner with your chamber really can um, uh, pay dividends. So they have a, a Google for nonprofits campaign that once you're qualified for, they will give you up to $10,000 per month for Google ads. So again, that is attached to our kind of economic and workforce development side of the house. So we're not using our Google ads for the more traditional chamber events and things that you might think. We're using it for, um, you know, locate your business here. We've kind of promoted our industrial properties. And then uh, particularly during the last um, six months to a year, we've had a secondary campaign um, running parallel around workforce development. And so, um, you know, this has been something we've been really excited about. And I think it's it's been good timing of the, you know, some of the challenges that we had before was we we didn't have the assets to promote things. Um, so, you know, we could talk about the community, but we didn't have good video. We didn't have good still photography. Um, that was a piece of this campaign too. And now we have this really um, huge wealth of assets combined with that community brand I mentioned earlier, which has given us some really good uh, verbiage and, and things that we need to describe the community. And it's all able to come together around the, uh, the Google ads campaign, as well as some of the things that are happening on social. And so I just, it, I'd love to say, oh, well, we, we timed that all <laughs> very strategically to come together at the same time. We didn't, um, but it's, you know, happenstance was it all did come together at the same time. And so I think it, we've been able to leverage that a lot more fully than we would have two to three years ago, even. Yeah, so much of it is just recognizing the opportunities that you have. And so you have the specific program, Richland Works, but then to be able to add on top, you know, the tie in with the, the Google ads and the retargeting and everything. Yes. And um, so not that you necessarily plan it with your your new branding and everything, but you, right. you leverage, you see where things align and, and you take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the the education side. So I know workforce development has a lot of different angles to it. So in the school systems, how are you getting it in front of students? How are you helping to educate them about jobs? And I know it's at least what I've seen in the past, you have a great idea. And when it comes to other people helping to implement it, it may be hard sometimes to execute and, and have it fulfill. So how are you working through that end of the, the education side? Sure. So we've been, um, you know, building relationships with our schools uh, for years at this point. Um, and so I think that helps us when we've been able to go to them. They've worked with us on different projects over the years. Um, we have done a uh, very successful student job fair the last, I think, three to four years. Um, two years ago, we we changed it up to make it a reverse job fair. So the students are setting up the booths and the employers are walking around. Um, and that has been a really cool inversion. And we're trying to get more students there. We would love to see better participation from the student side. The employers 
are all over it, no surprise. Um, but that's kind of, you know, one of the direct ways that we're working with them. Um, and then, you know, over the summer, just recently, we've done uh, tours with our superintendents, uh, with teachers, we've been a part of all of that. Um, you know, so we have a good ecosystem here kind of working around the workforce area. So some of the things we lead, some of the things we just help connect on. Um, but we have been sending these videos out to the superintendents and the teachers and saying, you know, we want you to think about using them. And we knew we had success when we uh, one of the superintendents copied us on what he had pushed out to his entire district, which was the link to the page and basically said, you're going to use these next year in school. <laughs> and I'd like to see how that happens. And so... Um, you know, we were really excited to to just see that pickup happening. We think um, that will continue to happen because really the videos, I think, you know, they have a fairly long lifespan in terms of the education. You know, obviously their their hiring needs will will vary a little bit, but but they don't talk specifically about their immediate hiring needs. It's more about just what is the culture as an employer at that agency. Right. No, I love that. It when you went about that, the idea of having the videos and sharing it with the schools, was it to share it in the classroom or guidance counselors sharing it or through social media pages through the school system? What was the vision? And is it is it aligning with what the vision was? Yeah, I would say probably our primary thought at the time was through classrooms. So really, um, you know, we, we have a lot of technology um career technology schools here. So th those are kind of low hanging fruit. They already do things like this. So we wanted to give them some fresh material for that and particularly local material. So, you know, don't just use stock manufacturing footage. Let's show you the headquarters of Gorman Rub. And, you know, manufacturing looks a lot different these days than it used to. Um, but yes, long-term, we want guidance counselors. We also have um, a locally funded program, not through the chamber, but we, we uh, provide assistance to them, um, which puts career coaches in each of our school systems. And so they're working with students every day. They're not full-time teachers or anything. They're just, uh, a lot of them are retired teachers doing it part-time, but um, so we're encouraging them to use these videos too, as they're working with students to try to just help them figure out, you know, again, what exists locally, um, but, but just also what exists on a larger scale for them. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So I love the idea of the reverse job fair, and that could be a whole nother podcast episode. Um, I would love to dive deep and just learn all the, the ins and outs of that. Um, been a lot maybe, of fun. Yeah. So let's uh, let's look at shifting gears and and focusing a little bit more on the other program that was submitted on your Chamber of the Year application as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your Chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. 
allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Are you ready to transform your Chamber of Commerce into an incredible collaborative hub? Say goodbye to complications and hello to a game-changing commerce management system. Introducing Pippily, the ultimate solution for driving growth and community transformation. With Pippily, you'll unlock a world of tools that empowers everyone in your chamber to make a real impact. Imagine pivoting your membership directory into a cutting-edge commerce publishing system designed for unstoppable growth. It's time to embrace the future of chambers by staying ahead of the game. Managing your chamber has never been easier thanks to Pipley. This all-in-one platform combines the best-of-breed technologies seamlessly integrated into Pipley by Chamber Nation Dashboard. Get ready to be impressed by the alternative strategy Pipley has in store for you. Stop wasting money on outdated databases and websites. Instead, invest in an incredible commerce management system that fuels your growth and event revenue. Say goodbye to membership struggles. Pipley makes signing up and retaining members a lot easier. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Learn more at pipley.com. That's P-I-P-P-I-L-Y.com. Or schedule a demo by visiting richardscalendar.com. Pippily, revolutionizing chambers of commerce everywhere. Hi, I'm Raquel. I work with Yifty to help over 500 chambers, cities, and downtowns across the U.S. keep local dollars local and support their small businesses. Our CEO, Donna Nowitzki, and I will be at the ACCE conference in Salt Lake City from July 31st to August 3rd, and we would love to meet you. Swing by our booth to say hi and learn about our community gift card program. Community cards are custom branded for your community and can only be used at your chamber members' businesses. Plus, the program is free. You can learn more by visiting yifty.com, that's Y-I-F-T-E-E dot com, or emailing us at sales at yifty.com. See you at the ACCE conference. All right, Jody, we're back. Uh, so as I mentioned before the break, we're going to shift over to the second program that you guys submitted on your Chamber of the Year application. Can you tell us what that was and, and kind of what it's all about? Sure. So we did a program at the beginning of 2022. Um, this is a, a long name, but it was called the Richland County COVID-19 Food and Beverage Entertainment Venue and Lodging and Tourism grant program. Um, long name to say we provided grants to small businesses in those targeted areas. We partnered with our uh, Richland County commissioners, as well as the city of Mansfield, who funded the grants through their ARPA dollars, uh, the allocations that they received locally. And actually, we had already done a successful version of this program, um, a little wider scope um, back in 2020, where we gave, uh, at that time, over $2.7 million to almost 500 local businesses right in the heart of COVID. And so, like many chambers, I think 
you know, we found ourselves right at the center of the action during COVID in um, really being a key resource in helping our businesses stay active. But as things went on and in, you know, the initial impact in the 2020 had kind of faded, but we saw just like everyone else, you know, hotel revenues continued to be down a little bit. Food and beverage, particularly, it was still taking time. In 2021, we were still having those bigger waves. Um, and, uh, you know, entertainment venues, um, you know, they things just weren't back to normal. And so uh, when the ARPA dollars were passed, um, both the government agencies said, hey, we did this successfully last time. We'd like to partner with you again. But this time, let's focus it on the businesses that are particularly still lagging but let's give them also slightly larger grants. So uh, we gave grants up to $30,000. And in this program, we gave away over 56 grants um, and it was just a little over a million dollars to local businesses. So a lot of work, but um, definitely things that were much needed um, and kept, quite frankly, kept some of those places afloat, particularly some of the smaller nonprofits that fit in that area. Yeah. So I anticipate you, I mean, through your, your membership database, right, you can sort through these kind of tourism type businesses and food and beverage and hotels and so forth to target, to inform. I'm sure you sent some sort of an invitation to fill out an application. What, what was the process like for them to apply and to, to gain access to these grant funds? Sure. So um, actually, you didn't have to be a member. Of course, we did have a lot of members that received grants, but we worked hard to get uh, the word out that you didn't have to be a member to receive this. You did have to be located in Richland County. You had to be able to show that you had loss of revenue. Um, So there was some members um, and and businesses that just didn't qualify because they didn't lose enough revenue, which is ultimately a good thing. Um, did make for some interesting conversations sometimes when I had to tell them, well, I'm sorry, (laughs) you just didn't lose enough money, which is good. Um, But we did a whole uh, marketing campaign around that. We held some online uh, Zoom informational sessions um, and then did a lot of social media um, marketing to really get the word out there. So then... um, you know, when it came time to open the the grants, which was just after the first of the year in 2022, um, you know, everyone knew in advance what the questions were. We did operate this one a little differently than our previous iteration. So we looked at the the applications as they came in. Even though both government agencies gave us a limited amount of money, they both kind of indicated, look, if you have, a, you know, a run on these and it's truly businesses in need. We will allocate more funds. So we felt comfortable that, you know, we needed to make sure we went through a really rigorous process to make sure they met all of the, of the qualifications, um, but that we felt pretty comfortable we could help everyone who really was going to qualify. So um, so it took us probably beginning to end, of, it was about a five-month process of kind of the planning, you know, about a month and a half of the application window. And then, you know, businesses had to provide a lot of documentation because as you can imagine, with government dollars, (laughs) there's a lot of auditing that goes on on the backside. And and we had learned that the first time around. So we had to get a lot of information and and worked through it. But in the end, it was really uh, well-received. And like I said, definitely made a difference with some of those businesses. Yeah. 
So the chamber was very involved in not only just from the communication and, and broadcasting the information out there, but actually filtering through the applications and seeing who qualifies and, and to be able to kind of sort through, I, I can imagine a, a lot of work, <laughs> let alone the, the audits and everything afterwards. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so is there any, you know, an example or two that stand out of businesses that, that really had a big impact on, or like, I know the industry in general, the, the tourism industry, but usually there's, there's a couple that really stand out. That's like, they needed these funds. Are there any examples that you can share with us? Yeah, a good one would be um, right in the heart of downtown Mansfield. We have a carousel, a wooden carousel um, called Richland Carousel Park. And as you can imagine, they were closed. Um, they're uh, a nonprofit um, and, you know, run mostly by volunteers. And they had not qualified for some of the other grants that were coming out through the state. Um, PPP for them wasn't as impactful because they don't have a lot of volunteers. employees. They have a lot of volunteers. <laughs> so, um, you know, when we reached out, uh, I noticed they hadn't applied. And so I gave them a call and I was, you know, just like, Hey, I, I just want to make sure you saw we have this. And, and she kind of had already assumed that they wouldn't qualify, but for us, uh, we weren't necessarily looking at payroll. That was one way you could get the re the reimbursement, but there were other things you could claim. You had to have at least a ten percent loss to qualify for it. Theirs was was much larger, um, so they ended up qualifying for the full thirty thousand dollars. And I thought the director was going to start crying when I called to tell her that um, it was just you know. Uh, it really made a, a big impact on, you know, them being able to get back and, and going again um, at more of a full pace. And there was another one too. It was a small local bakery, similar situation where they, you know, I think they had received some PPP money, but it was relatively small just because of their size. And so actually they qualified for $20,000, which was huge to them. And yeah. uh, they were teetering on closing just because, you know, the cash flow wasn't there, they were still on the newer side and, and that has kept them going. So, you know, some really good, um, uplifting stories. It, it made all of the work and <laughs> the spreadsheets and all of the things that we had to do to make it work. Um, definitely very worthwhile. That's awesome. I love hearing stories like that. <laughs> For sure. So you guys are, are definitely making an impact in the community. So that, that is evident. Um, as we start to wrap things up here, I wanted to ask if, for those listening, if you might have any tip or action item for chambers who are interested in taking their chamber up to the next level. You know, honestly, my best suggestion is to, um, to apply for this award, even if you don't think you're ready for it. So we, um, I've applied for this four times, twice at a previous chamber. And then this is the second time that we've applied here. Um, the other one was back in 2019. And it was probably about the time I was on here the first time. Um, and, you know, when I was working through the application with our team this year, I really was so excited to see our progress in that time between 2019 to 2023. Um, you know, I think a lot of times as chamber leaders, you know, we're busy. And so we don't often slow down to really appreciate that progress. 
Um, and it's definitely an area we've grown in. In in that time, you know, we've added some staff. We've really beefed, beefed up our communications, um, which has made a huge difference um, in, in both of the programs that you just heard about. Um, you know, we're producing annual reports regularly, just things like that. And it really, you know, my my best thing is always to to aim high and then, you know, it gives you an idea of what you need to work towards, even if you don't ultimately hit it the first time. And, you know, I, I don't know if I shared this the last time around, but same with your CCE, you know, I, uh, I had to go through that program twice. I always joke. I was the, the reject, but, um, you know, the first time, um, it was a really, it was a great process. I just didn't have a project that was strong enough. That's kind of where it was. It was also different being interviewed by your peers versus, you know, interviewed by the board. Um, but I came back the next year, got it. And, you know, in both instances, I, I'm super proud of the fact that I can see the growth both in myself and then here at the chamber um, by kind of, you know, being told no the first time. And I, I think that just makes you stronger as a leader by not giving up. Uh, and I appreciate you being transparent and open about that too. And the idea that that there are people that are turned away the first time and it really shows what that distinction means. You know, it really yes. means that you're 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 taking the the profession seriously, your your professional development and and everything that goes with that. Yeah. So Jody, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and the purpose going forward? I think the Chambers um are at the heart of our community. And actually, I think COVID cemented that even more. Um, for us locally, it certainly did. Um, you know, I, that was obviously a, a unique and <laughs> a unique time for all of us full of turmoil. But I would say, you know, those two years of when we were really in the heart of it, I have never felt like we were more in our mission statement zone than during that time. Um, you know, there was just a lot of things that, you know, you kind of strip away some of the the clutter and the things that get in the way. And I, I will say that, you know, for us now, um, you know, we have built and cemented a lot of relationships locally that came out of that time that, you know, quite frankly, the chamber's at the heart of almost every major project that's happening in our community. Doesn't mean I'm not trying to take credit for them, um, but but we're always at the table. We're always a player. And I think that, you know, chambers um, should be playing that role in their community. And, um, you know, sometimes we have ceded that to other organizations or other entities. And I think, you know, the power of convening, the power of influence that, that we have in this role um, should not be taken lightly. And I, I think it's, it's unique. What we do is unique from what government does or from what other, you know, the foundation or the philanthropic world does. Um, and and we, we're kind of a good uh, touch point for all of those different entities. Absolutely. Well, Jody, this has been a blast to have you back on the podcast. It's always very reassuring to me to see somebody I've had on the podcast, you know, it seems like long ago, you know, be selected as a Chamber of the Year finalist. So congratulations to you and your team. Thank uh, you. I'd love to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who may want to reach out and connect with you and learn more maybe about these programs that you guys are, are promoting within your community. 
Sure. So definitely, uh, first I'll start with our website, which is just richlandareachamber.com. Um, you could Google Richland Works. Uh, that should bring up the landing page for that program as well. My email address is just jperry, P-E-R-R-Y, at richlandareachamber.com. And our phone number is 419-522-3211. And I would be remiss if I didn't give a huge shout out to my team, because while I'm the, the spokesperson on a couple of these, you know, they very much are at the heart of all of this work and uh, super, super proud. And it feels special to be going through this with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't do it without the team. So you've got, sure. a, you've got a good one around you. Absolutely. Well, Jody, thank you for spending time with us today and, and sharing these insights of these impactful programs that you guys are doing there in the, the Richland Area Chamber. And I wish you and your team best of luck as Chamber of the Year. Thanks so much, Brandon. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a Chamber Podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.